Welcome back, community groups leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer to God, His Word, and people. I'm your host, Cody Leekan, joined here with Joe Hishma. Hey, everyone. Great to be with you again this week. Awesome. Yes, it's great to be back. So, Joe, we've been in this great generosity experiment. That's That's been really awesome. So at the time of recording this, last week we did canned goods. That's right. And we had some awesome turnout. We filled, what, two trucks? I don't have exact Two trucks, and uh, Brody told me that there were like 18 pallets that we filled up of food. So that's great. That's a really generous offering that will fill up that food pantry. Be a blessing to a lot of people around us. Yeah, that's going to be huge. That's a lot of pallets of food. Yeah. Wow. Um, I really loved getting to watch um, this little girl carry this bag of food. Yeah. It was too heavy for her, but she was still trying anyways, and her parents walked with her up to the truck, and as she passes it up to the guy, just getting to see the look on her face. So it's yeah. been really cool to see not just you know parents show up with what sure. they have extra, but to see the kids joining in on it. And like this is a whole church thing. Like We're all in yeah. this. and. Yeah, I really think these types of experiences where um, a lot of times our kids don't see um, money going through our hands to the church. Yeah. So it's good for the, our kids to practice. And this is really where they catch what generosity is all about. So yeah. I love doing these things. Me too, because I'm thinking like my, my two-year-old doesn't get to see like me writing the check That's or right. filling it out. And so, but she can carry a bag of food there up. There you go. From the beginning, get to see that. And so it's been yeah. really cool. I'm really excited to see uh, what happens this weekend with all of the clothing. Yes. Because I know I have far more clothing than I do canned goods. (laughs) (laughs) Most people do. Yes. This is really where we see what could happen if all of us just gave a little bit of what we have, and it's really going to make a huge difference. So, yeah. In us and through us. So Yeah. And getting to go out. That's going to be awesome. So looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Um, Joe, so this week for our daily devotion time, we started with the validation of John the Baptist's ministry, mm-hmm. and then we spent the next several days digging into parables, and then Friday we end with the feeding of the 5,000. That's right. So we've covered a lot of ground and stuff, and you're going to be focusing in on the feeding of the 5,000 for your sermon. That's right. So can you kind of paint a picture of the background of what we're looking at? Like, what was Jesus doing at this time? Like, why are we, why are we focusing on this passage? Sure. So this is a passage, at least this miracle is detailed in all four gospel writers. And there's only one other miracle that is listed in all four gospels. Do you know which one that is? I think I have an idea. Go ahead, share it. The resurrection? It is, the resurrection. The big one. (laughs) That's right, it's the big one. And so um, there's something that is beyond miraculous in this passage, that Jesus is wanting a principle, and he's wanting a practice to develop in us that we're just like the disciples when they saw the need as he saw it. And literally it involved everything that they had and everything they were. And, And when they trusted that in the hands of Jesus, my goodness, Every gospel writer, no matter what, how they wanted to present Jesus, they wanted to ultimately say, if you put your life in his hands, he will bless it and multiply it and satisfy Mm. you in the process. So I just think it's a great message that we can't just gloss over or go, of course, we know this. I want to really dig deep into it. Yeah, and just how timely with where we're at, with the economy, with everything else that we've got going on with the wars and stuff, but just to think about other people at this point. Is just huge, and like what this little boy does with his lunch. That's right. <laughs> How many That's people right. he's able to feed? Imagine the dinner cake conversation with that would be just ridiculous. That's right. That's right. Mom, I fed five thousand people with that lunch you packed yeah. me. 
Oh, man. Yes. Hopefully, he said, Jesus fed 5,000 with that lunch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But still cool. So this, pa- this week's passage, what is it going to be teaching us about the impact of that generosity has? Yeah. So my big prayer is that all of us could see the other side of giving. In other words, once we give, what does God do with what we give? And we're going to find out from this passage that just like in the feeding of the 5,000, he blesses it, he multiplies it, and he satisfies the need with it. And I think when we start giving out of that's all surplus giving, right? That's all giving out of what God could do with it rather than what I could do with it. That's all that picture of um, the things that keep me from giving versus what happens when I open up my hands, and allow God to use them. And so that's what I'm really praying for on how it will develop us through generosity. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Okay, here we go, guys. This is, the, this is the good one. What did you, what from your time of study this week were you not able to include? Okay, so if you look at everything that happened before this miracle, the, you get, you can kind of um, look in each of the gospel writers and you can kind of um, stitch together the things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Just before this, Jesus sent each of the 12 out two by two to go and preach the kingdom, to heal diseases, to cast out demons, and they come back. They're coming back. They're tired. They're mm-hmm. spent. They're hungry. Yeah. So it wasn't just the need of the 5,000, it was their own need. Secondly, Um, John the Baptist dies. Mark really focuses on that because Jesus thought that there was no one greater born to a woman than than John the Baptist. And so you have the emotional toll of Jesus losing a relative, a friend, a co-worker, the Elijah who would prepare the way for the Lord. Yeah. And so it you don't always see that when you just appear on the text and start reading it. But Jesus himself was probably having some really deep emotions of grieving and, and loss. We see at another time when a friend of his Lazarus dies and Jesus weeps, weeps, not yes. weeps, he wept. <laughs> so um what do <laughs> excuse me, where is he now? with the loss of John the Baptist. Okay, so he is calling the disciples away to a desolate place so that he can comfort them and encourage them. He can process what they saw, how what they were feeling, and even perhaps sharing with him about John the Baptist and going through a grieving process. And yet, when we show up on the text, there's 5,000 men in addition to women and children who show up and want him to help him and yeah. are needy and have great challenges that they're that they're dealing with. Yeah, they're in a desolate place. So just running away real quick to go home and grab a bite to eat. And I mean they didn't have McDonald's to run through the drive through. That's right. So it would have been irresponsible to send them home. Although I were told I was told that there was an in and out there because they're a Christian organization. Yes. They're big, big bad thing. Oh man, you bring I'm, up in and out. It's you. been I'm so sorry. long. <laughs> man, being from the West Coast where yes. they're prevalent, like that's just the big thing. I just thing chased I the squirrel. I'm ah. sorry about that. Okay. Brought up wounds. I miss my In-N-Out burger. Okay, so do I. I like that. Sometimes I put cheese on the Freddy's (laughs) fries and then put the fry sauce, and then I just imagine. Okay, so this podcast is now gone south. Let's let's move back to the text. Okay, (laughs) here we go. back here. So after we've read the text, we're going to look at applying it. So what do you see from this text? Okay, so this passage shows us what Jesus sees. 
in Mark, it says that he sees, um, he has compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw what was being offered them through the Jewish religious leaders, and he saw how it just led to spiritual hunger. And he picks up on this by then observing their physical hunger and probably the exhaustion of the disciples and their need for food also, that he kind of plays on it. And he is going to teach them how to have eyes like he does, to see things even when they're tired, they're spent, and they're hungry, to have eyes of compassion on the people that God entrusts to them. They would, again, remember last week, they would take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so he wanted to develop eyes that could see. And when I see, um, sometimes it's easy for me to be overwhelmed when I see a bunch of people. As our church has grown, grown larger, there is something within me. I've had a greater need for solitude, of breaking away from the crowds and to meet with Jesus. I try to make time for that every day, to have some solitude with the Lord. But the truth is, the more I get involved in ministry and the more I know what's happening here, yeah. the more the need overwhelms me. And I've been there. I've been there when I thought I could meet the need. And it's almost as if God was laughing, saying, like, dude, you can't do this. And I actually had to come to the end of my emotional and physical state about 10 or 12 years ago, where I had to realize I can't do that. I got to the end of myself, and then I realized, well, wait a minute, I can't change people. I can't even lead this church um, the way I once used to lead. So I had to yeah. trust the Lord, and I had to trust people to do that. Um, however, one of the greatest compliments that I can see is that when God entrusts us with people, every weekend when I walk forward to preach the Word, I'm just honored that God would entrust me and the Word and His Spirit to priceless eternal people. And so I want him always to keep the need. And then as I look at Topeka, and even now as I look at the world, I need to see the need of the world, not necessarily they're crying and they're, they're upset or the division that's in our world today. It's so easy to just get caught up in a sound soundbite yep. or caught up in a movement of one of the sides of the division yeah. rather than to see people as Jesus sees people, like sheep without a shepherd and everyone without Jesus. Um, or everyone, even with Jesus, who is following something other than Jesus, is a sheep without a shepherd. And we need to have compassion on that. Yeah. What about you, Cody? When I look at this passage, I see food, like, all throughout the week. So when Jesus heals, um, not Lazarus, uh, Jer Jairus' daughter, that passage ends with, then they ate and they shared meals together. And then we're talking about the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. And I'm just seeing this common theme of food. And we had just given food at, for the weekend to mm -hmm. go to the rescue mission. And so this theme of food and thinking about all that God has entrusted me was just overwhelming a little bit as I'm like, wow, there's a lot here and a lot that I have been entrusted. And it kind of goes into the next question of what is my response? And so this week I've been really challenged to look at like my habitual responses. So like, yes, God has entrusted me with these things and like the food on the table and I have my mealtime prayer. Thank you God for the food and the family. And then everyone at the table and the two-year-old knows that's the time to say amen. And so then we have this moment and just thinking about like, well, what can I do with all of this? Yeah. 
Like, what am I called to do? Am I just called to sit here in this? And that's what's been really challenging about the 1% more. It's like, well, I, I am doing, I am giving, I'm praying, I'm reading, we're doing these things, but like, to what end is it just checking the box? And yeah. was it become really like a heart change? Yeah. And so I've been really just into my own heart this week about like, well, what does this look like? And how do we take this generosity and go out amongst ourselves? And what does that even look like with food? Because I'm thinking like, okay, well, these things all end with food. And so, yeah. but it doesn't just stop with the food. It's There's that event afterwards of like, well, they're sharing the meal together and breaking right. bread. And so. So that's really good. I mean, one thing that I think you can walk away from just with food is everything you have is from God. Yeah. And he opens his hand. Psalm says he opens his hands. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. I love that. That just shows you the generosity of God in our lives. And so that ought to melt my heart to be generous with the needs around us, knowing that when I put it in his hands, he meets the need of every living thing. Yeah. My response has been uh, more being emboldened to, um, to being more generous. And I just realized it's the best investment in the history of humanity is to invest it in the kingdom of God. And I've had investments where I put money in other things that have gone south. Yeah. And um, I've had the guilt and shame of all that kind of stuff of what in the world. But this is one thing that's a sure thing. I really have seen over the 20 years I've been here, the other 10 years I've been in ministry apart from here, I've seen God use what I've given to multiply in the lives of people. And when people join together to give, I've also seen the movement of God among people. So it's not just one person having an idea for one another person, although yeah. that's good. There's a greater picture of what happens when we all bring it together. Yeah. So. I think that's huge to focus in on, especially because, like, you know, the times are just, they're crazy, the ebbs that's and right. flows. But, like, this is my first, like, kind of recession as an adult. But I remember in 2008 when things crashed and things come back. And so That's right. thinking and waiting to be generous until that time comes of, well, it's better. Yeah. Just is never going to come. And so I think that's been really challenging because I look at gas prices and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Do I have room for gas prices and to give 1%? That's like, right. What am I – do I have to pick one? And just that's yeah. living in that deficit mindset instead that's of right. living in the surplus of like mm -hmm. this is all of God's blessings. Yes. So That's right. So isn't that something where we're all tempted? We're all tempted to see things as deficit, mm. as being insignificant. We can't, God can't use what I give. And yeah. he just blasts through all that, through the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. And basically says, what do you got? What do you got? Because we're only accountable for what we already have, not for things we don't have. Um, I don't have the resources uh, someone of great wealth does, but what I have, I've got to be faithful with, and I've seen God work with that. Gosh, and it's just such a cool picture and a reminder of like, even though like I don't feel like I give that much because mm -hmm. it seems insignificant, but I mean, five loaves and two fish fed so many thousands right. of people. It's like that's right. anything's possible in the kingdom of God. So. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, will you pray for us this week sure, as we I'd go about? Heavenly Father, I thank you for just showing us through the person and the work of Jesus that our lives and everything we have is better in your hands than it is in ours. And so, Lord, help us to be people that trust more and more of our lives to you, and show us and remind us that even our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price, and so everything we have and everything we are needs to glorify you. 
I pray for each one of these community group leaders as they lead and everyone in their group that you would give us a vision of what you do when we give, what you do in the world, what you do through our church, what you do in our hearts. And may we find the satisfaction of your blessing and your work and your glory move through us. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So if you guys were looking at ShareFest on April 30th, April that is coming. April 30th. Yes. Yep. Save the date. Um, save the date. There was a little issue with the website, and it has been resolved, and it should be updated hopefully by the end of the week on okay. this Friday. And so that should be able to allow registrations and get that back up and running. Just some weird little technical snafus. And, it happens. It yes. happens. So as the... The DNS servers are getting updated in the background. Okay. It should be all resolved. Good. But yes, we're looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing you guys next week. That's right. And the Seder. The, the Seder, Seder, the week of Easter, which yep. is coming up. Make sure you, uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll have those times that you can register. I'd, I'd love for you to do it as a group, if you could. Yeah, it'd be really cool, because you guys can, when you register, it'll be, you're choosing tables, You're right? choosing tables, that's yep. right. So then yep. you could make sure that you're there with your group, and be a cool little opportunity. It is. That's great. Yep. Awesome. Well, okay, man. we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.